to Loose Screws. I am Ty Worsham. I've debated for quite a while now about using my real name when I do this, but I want this to be me. So whatever happens, happens. This is the first episode of my podcast. It will be about video games, my life, about my work, about anything really. Uh, I have some plans. I have some friends I'm going to be... I'm going to bring on and we will talk about anything. Uh, I plan on starting up a separate podcast or possibly just keeping this one and keeping it about Elite Dangerous uh, and World of Warcraft as these are the two primary games that I play. So the question that I ask myself is why am I doing this? Um, you know, I, I work in IT. I've been in IT for a about 20 years now um, in some form or fashion um, I think of myself at the heart of myself is that I am an artist but I have no medium I can't draw I can't sculpt I can't paint uh, 3d modeling is I've done a little bit of but I'm just really not that good at um, I have no musical ability. I mean, <laughs> I like Nickelback, which probably says something about my choices in music. Um, I make really good custom PCs. Uh, really good. I'm good at that. And I'm a fairly decent IT worker. But I have no actual artistic skills. So maybe a podcast is my outlet and I'm not necessarily doing all this for, for money or anything. I'm just doing it because I want to. This is something I want to do. You know, I love art. I love artwork. I love music. I love writing, the animation, all of it. I like different styles and different types. Um, I turned 40 this year. And I'm doing a podcast because I had the thought that maybe this is my medium. Maybe this is my paintbrush or... You know, maybe at the end of it, I'll delete all of this and none of it will really matter. But, um, kind of keep going along with, uh, why am I doing this? Uh, I read something recently that my 11-year-old nephew wrote to me in Discord. Now, he's he's a big Minecraft player. He's into video games and stuff. He's really into all that stuff. And he... he is talking about why he loves Minecraft. And reading this got me to thinking about why I love video games, why I play them, and why I feel like I need to express myself in some way. So my nephew is Fancy Crowbar, uh, which, by the way, is literally the coolest screen name I've ever heard of in my life. Fancy Crowbar. It's just awesome. Uh, he come up with that on his own, and it's just, I won't use his real name. But this is what he said to me. I don't know why, but I've always wanted to do a short, like 30 second text about why I enjoy Minecraft. I mainly like it because of its freedom and with the endless supplies of updates Microsoft keeps pushing. Like the 1.14, it keeps getting better with more stuff to do. The fact that monsters only spawn in dark areas and at nighttime you have to wait out the night or sleep in a bed. And since day only lasts about 40 to 30 minutes, you have to plan out your day so you don't waste any time. You don't have to plan out your day, and there's no consequences ab ab about that. But 
Man, I don't know. I just like the idea that monsters spawn at night. I've been playing a mod pack called the Aether 2 Plus, and it adds a bunch of mods and stuff to an already packed mod. The fact that Minecraft is infinite is kick butt and allows for many, 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 many things to do. And since the source code is out there and Microsoft completely supports stuff like custom textures and entirely new dimensions like in the Aether, it's just awesome. And I'm not attempting to push you towards buying Minecraft, I'm just saying why I like it. It's because I want it to. And you know, that's, that's, what he, that's what he sent this to me. And this got me thinking. I read this, and my 11-year-old nephew has it figured out why he likes video games. Which got me into thinking about everything. It, got, it actually kind of pressured me to do this. On and off over the years, I've thought about why I like video games. You know, typical answers come to my mind. It's an escape. It passes the time. It's a story. Lots of reasons why. But really the answer is that it's the, the only real answer is that video games are the only place where art and science are intertwined. Video games, to my knowledge, are the only place where humanity's art, all of humanity's art, painting, drawing, sculpting, modeling, sound creation, music, photography, writing, acting, movie directing, are all joined into one place. Now, true, some video games don't have all of these, and some games are, are garbage. But AAA games, uh, well put together indie titles, show the perfect union of art and, of course, technology and science. And that, that's why I love games. It's my appreciation of art and science and technology that makes me love them. The way the arts join together to create a world that interacts with the user. It's a unique experience to the player of the game. And this extends to the worlds that are created. The players are united online and offline in these worlds. Players have a common interest in a game. They exchange thoughts and ideas. They find a common ground. They find a connection. And they build on that connection that yields a friendship. I know friends from games I don't even play anymore. Friends that live hundreds or thousands of miles away that will be my friend for the rest of my life. And it's because of video games that we have this connection. And I think that's what everyone wants in life. You want to feel connected. Relevant. Feel like a participant in the goings on of activities and events around you. And that's precisely what we have found in the games that we play. And that is why I love video games. So what, who I have with me to start off with is my cousin Chad. And we are going to be talking about movies. And the first thing we're going to be talking about is this. Apparently we're going to get a Matrix 4 with Keanu Reeves. 
Yeah, and Carrie Ann Moss. Oh, I did not know she was coming back. Yeah, they're both coming back. So the, the thing I had heard about was that this is actually going to be somehow involved in the John Wick universe. You know, that's a theory I've heard. I kind of find that doubtful. More like uh, somebody's uh, fanciful uh, imagination. Um, yeah, I don't really see how it could be. but And I, I very well doubt it. Um, I haven't looked up to see who owns both properties. Mm -hmm. You know, because obviously if one, if they're by different owners, it's, it's even more unlikely. But I, I don't know what the... Uh, they're actually saying i just saw that that was that was a uh, theory but it's kind of an out there theory i think yeah um well this is going to uh i mean neo died at the end of the third movie right uh, him and carrie and moss yeah. yeah so i'm trying to figure out how they're going to do this is this going to be like a prequel or is this an actual sequel i'm pretty sure it's an actual sequel um I don't know. I, I think there's lots of ways they could really bring them back. Um, who's who, know, uh, who's the uh, hmm? who's actually going to be heading the project? Is it one of the Wachowskis or someone else? Yeah, it's Lana Wachowski. Uh, she's directing. Uh, Lily is not involved apparently. Um, Lana is co-writing and um, and directing. Okay. And as far as how they're bringing them back, I don't. I, my thought is, yeah, the Matrix has some problem that it can't solve, maybe. Kind of like a Dr. Smith. Not Dr. Smith. I don't know what, what I'm thinking of there. Um, but Mr. Smith. Oh, um, Agent, the Agent Smith. Agent Smith, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like maybe they have some other serious problem, and maybe they just drop in a clone of uh, Neo and... Um, Trinity. I mean, it's like their all their memories and everything's uploaded on on their network, and they obviously, you know, clone babies or something. You know, they get them from somewhere for their battery factory. So, I'm thinking it could be something like they clone them. You know, the, the last time I saw the Matrix was about two years ago, and I watched all three of them back to back, and I had the thought that effectively Neo was just like, like basically like some because they kind of let it reveal that this is like a cycle that, you know, the machines control anyway, because they know, they know they have to have it happen and all this other stuff. And, uh, like the, like the Neo essence or soul or programming, or whatever you want to call it is basically injected into the matrix code at regular intervals. Yeah. Um, so the thought crossed my mind that it wouldn't be a stretch for them to just to do it all again, or this would just be the next cycle kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and that could well be what it, it ends up being. Uh, obviously, they've been tight-lipped on it so far, and we probably won't know anything for a good while um, as they just announced this. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I mean I'm pretty excited to, to see it. Yeah. What do you... Um, do we? I guess we don't have any idea as far as like release date or anything like that. It's probably going to be uh, a fair amount of ways off. They'll start... I think I read they're going to start shooting it in 2020. Yeah. Um, so next year sometime. So, yeah, it might not be till 2021 when it comes out. I'm not sure what date they're actually shooting for. I'm not sure if I saw 
Me want to say that. But I'm definitely interested in seeing it when it comes out. Yeah. Yeah, I really, I really love the Matrix movies. Um, in a way, I could have, I would have felt good if they just stopped with the one, the first one. Um, I mean, the sequels were good, but they got, got kind of weird. Uh, a little bit. Um, you know, I think everybody was kind of like, hmm, on the second ones, you know, I don't think anybody really knew what to think. But overall, I mean, it, it was a great trilogy, and they were all very fun films. I know the I know the first one I really enjoyed, and like I went into that. I remember going to that first one, and I had no idea about like the big reveal or that it was all nothing. I was blown away by that first one, and the first yeah. time I saw the second two, I really didn't think much of them. But after I saw them again on DVD and then later on on Blu-ray. Um, I really enjoyed them the more I watched them. Uh, I don't know what it was, but yeah. I, I liked them the more I saw them. And I, I liked that uh, about, I like movies that the more I see them, the more I like them. Yeah, and that makes sense because, um, I guess these. <laughs> we'll edit that down. Um, maybe. Uh, well, we're not now. Would, <laughs> yeah, definitely not now. Um, yeah, I, I think there's so much to mentally unpack in in two and three you know so much deeply rooted philosophical and religious iconography um just a lot of stuff to unpack because they don't necessarily spell everything out you know there's a lot of stuff in there that's you know you watch repeatedly and you know the more you watch it the more you get out of it they seem to be very much like that to me yeah I'm gonna have to give them all a rewatch. Yeah, I'll have to rewatch them before I go watch that fourth one. That's for sure. Um, you know, I I just was thinking too. Did you heard about how uh, this is an, another un, kind of unrelated thing? But you, did you see where the, uh, Sony is pulling Spider-Man out of the MCU? Yeah, that's ridiculous. They can't come to a, an agreement, and so they're just gonna say "f it" and yeah. No, yeah. Nobody nobody wants to give a concession for the fans because they don't care. They just want their money. And if they can't make the maximum amount of money, then screw everybody pretty much. Do, do you know the Marvel... Uh, and I, I looked this up not too long ago. It, it was before uh, Endgame. But do you know the Marvel character that it makes the most amount of money for merchandising? Uh... It's, it's Spider-Man. Like Panther? No, it's Spider-Man. Oh, Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man makes the most amount of money for merchandising. And, uh, you know, I, I looked this up recently, too. Uh, do you know how much money that, that Tom Hardy Venom, Venom film made? How much? $800 million worldwide. Wow. I know, right? That's a pretty good amount. You know how much money yeah. they made off of uh, Endgame? Like ha half a billion. So oh, well, 500 million. So, you know, from from their point of view, uh, and the way I understand it, like Sony gets 100% marketing rights to Spider-Man 
in the MCU. So like if if they make something, if they make like a set of toys with Spider-Man in it, uh, Sony gets all that money. But if they make a set of toys with just Iron Man, then Sony doesn't get anything off that. But if they make a a Iron Man that has like from Endgame, they get a portion of that. Even though Spider-Man is not even on the box or anything. But if it's an in-game Iron Man, which I don't know how they do that exactly. they get. It and, yeah. But I, I, I'm getting around to basically saying that Sony's making money off of this. But you got to think about from, from Sony's point of view, they just made $800 million off of Venom. And they did that without Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, they they got to be thinking they can make at least that much with Spider-Man. And not have to worry, not have to work with Marvel or Disney with all their rules and stuff. And yeah. you know, I, I read a, a little deal on Reddit the other day, or no, it was today. This guy was basically theorizing that we might actually see an R-rated Spider-Man because of this. We actually might see like a Venom Spider-Man movie together, Tom Hardy and. Uh, whoever they end up casting as Spider-Man, we might see it like an R-rated Spider-Man. We well, got they an R. Didn't even make Venom rated R, did they? I was I was pretty sure that movie was rated R. I thought it was like a PG-13. That could be wrong. Nah. That's not I haven't watched it. Yeah, I I never got a chance to see it either. I heard I've heard nothing but bad things about it. Um, really, I've I've actually heard you know just looking at different threads. I mean, obviously there's detractors, but I, yeah. I, I saw more people than I expected to see saying, hey, it was a fun movie. Yeah, I, I just looked it up, too. I was wrong. It was a PG-13 movie, but yeah, it's... Yeah, I, I wouldn't think they would want to cut their throats by making Spider-Man an R. No, I but mean, but you know that they're looking at the success, the success of stuff like... Uh, oh... Uh, Deadpool. Deadpool, thank you. I was about to say Deathstroke, and that ain't right. That's the other. <laughs> that's DC. Yeah. That's for me. Now we love DC too. Yeah. We uh we about ready to start talking about video games. That's all I got about movie yeah. crap. Yeah. Right. So, is my buddy Cody there? Here, buddy. Hey, man. How's it going? Hey. So, uh, you ready about t- you ready to talk about these fleet carriers? Let's talk about it, man. Man, so uh, Frontier over on the Elite Dangerous side of things has, uh, at Gamescom, announced uh, fleet carriers. And uh, I'm going to kind of go through the, the release of it here. In December, in the December update, you can purchase a fleet carrier. Purchase It's a personal fleet carrier, so each commander actually can get his fleet carrier. Let's be honest about what this is. This is a floating base. That's what it is. It's, uh, you won't be able to control it directly. You'll be able to, to, you know, move it to another star system or whatnot. We don't know if you can like say, Hey, I wanted it to orbit around this planet or this moon or whatnot. We don't, we don't really know that yet, but we know we, we can move it around through the, uh, galaxy map. Uh, it's purchasable with a large amount of credit. So we don't know how much it's going to be. Um, was what, one of the things I found kind of interesting here is that the people who own the base game and the Horizons version of the the expansion of the game can actually purchase this. And to my knowledge, this is the first thing, or first big update that Frontier has released that uh, 
people who just purchased the base game can actually play. Uh, like all the engineers are on bases, so they can't engineer um, any of their ships, and they they can't not have access to SRVs, and uh, uh, like the crate is not accessible to them. The Manta or the Mamba is not accessible to them. Uh, any ship that was uh, released after a certain date is not accessible to them. But these fleet carriers are. And I find that kind of kind of telling. I think that is... Um, I think that's kind of indicative that they're going to eventually going to mush all... They're going to mush everything into one box and just move on to whatever their next expansion is going to be in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the capacity of the fleet carriers are going to be 16 landing pads, 8 large, 4 medium, 4 small. You can allow your buddies to dock at your fleet carrier. Um, and I found this interesting, and I did not realize this until just recently. So, when you get your little fleet carrier, you can choose a support ship. Like a mining support ship, a bounty, a bounty hunter, mercenary, uh, explorer, search and rescue. You can get support ships to... I don't know what they could do. maybe let you sell uh, modules, maybe give you loadouts for different stuff. Um, I don't know exactly what they'll be able to do, but it's going to be it's going to jump with the fleet carrier. Do you, have you read about how that's going to work? Yeah, well, uh, a little bit, and the you know going off. Of course, they released a YouTube video uh, for the announcement, and uh, looking at that. It's basically two ships. It's your big fleet carrier, uh, and then it's uh, what they're calling the uh, whatever you said a while ago, the uh, a loadout. Um, and it looks like that's like a separate ship. And I, yeah, I'd read somewhere maybe the, the forums or a YouTube video um, that said that it basically will jump together. And the loadouts, which is the secondary ship, <clears throat> will be bounty hunter, mercenary. Pirate, trader, smuggler, miner, explorer, or search and rescue. Right. I would imagine some of those things would overlap a little bit. I, I guess. I don't know. Um, but so basically it's two ships. Uh, the way the announcement was was that each one of them is going to have your big primary personal fleet carrier. And like you said, it'll they'll all have the landing pads. And the cool one thing about it that I thought was kind of neat. So it's like you, you can set permissions to let people dock on it. Mm-hmm. So what that tells me is I set a permission to let you dock. So you dock. Well, then I log out. So you have to still be there. Mm-hmm. And so these things are going to have to persist. Exactly. While while you're offline. Yeah. Because what what's going to happen if you and I think it was. Uh, was a city and ant shout out obsidian ant um on youtube that said pretty much would have to be that way because you can't log back in let's say you log out on my carrier you can't log back in and the carrier not be there where the hell would you be you know so right. i thought that was pretty interesting see so it, it looks like that that uh you know that extra ship you're talking about is the long way to answer your question is it's basically a it's like a you know like a little specialty thing that flies around with you yeah or is around that thing see i i, I watched um uh, obsidian ants video about it too did you catch the part where he said that apparently fdev has said that um one carrier per instance so like if you're 
like if you're um how, 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 like if you're if you put your fleet carry around the orbit of this of a particular planet and i put my fleet carry around the orbit of a particular planet if we can even control what planet it goes to we know we're gonna be able to go with system but we don't know what planet it'll be able to go to we don't know that yet ideally we'd be able to pick but uh, effectively we can never see each other's fleet carriers side by side like yeah i did hear that yeah so like which is kind of that's a little disappointing but um well it's understandable and right. the reason that i say that is because first off uh yamics the yamics on youtube uh did a video where he got uh this was a live stream um ago something like that to where he got one of every type of ship in the same instance it's you know outside a base or something and you know just that caused the basically caused the server to shit the bed so yeah yeah i can i can understand that have you, have you ever heard about uh frontiers tech behind how a lot of this works no like like and, and so it was about three three or four uh lave cons ago they had um like they basically gave like a server, like a basic server structure of how some things work. And it's very fractured across like, I don't know exactly how many, but like a hundred servers. And then like people who play the game for so long and have good specs on their computer and a good internet speed, they'll actually use their computer for the server. So like, if you hop into my instance, you're actually like that, you know how, you know, when you start playing, you're in my instance, you know, or you're my, uh, uh, what's it called? My group, my private group. Mm-hmm. Well, that's existing on a server somewhere. Well, when me and you wing up, it actually exists on one of our computers. And I don't know which okay. one, but, it, but of course it still checks into the server to do certain things. But that way we're not having to go all the way over to Europe all the time to talk to their servers and stuff. It's, it's supposed to save on bandwidth and stuff. So it would make perfect sense if you put a bunch of stuff in one little area like this, like it just makes them completely take a shit, you know? Right, right. So, um, one, th- one thing that I really liked about it, uh, and I heard a few comments about this here and there, um, was the, the fact that they're personal fleet carriers. You mentioned that a while ago. I thought that was kind of neat. And there was a question going into it before the announcement, whether or not there'd be like a, you know, fleet, you know, uh, you know, a guild, whatever you call it, uh, a carrier for for multiple people in the same. Oh, the squadron. Yeah. So yeah, same squadron. That's what that's what I'm yeah. thinking of. Anyway, so um, and I like that they're they're personal. Um, of course, you and I have talked about it. I'm I'm not a, you know, I play I I, I play this game for the, you know, for, you know, the escape immersion, whatever the hell you want to call it. But it's yeah. like I don't I don't have any desire to play with a bunch of random assholes that I don't know that we're just going to say dumb things. Um, and I really liked that they're personal like that. And I liked the, the, you know, the solidarity, I guess of it is probably the right way to say it. Um, so I, I thought it was super cool when I heard it. I, I think I sent you a text and I was like, Oh my God, man, they're exactly, you know, yeah, it, lo- it looks like exactly what we were best case scenario, what we were hoping they were going to be. Yeah. That's. I thought they were super cool. That's 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 uh something I'm. I I really like how they that they made them personal. Like mm-hmm. when I was first reading about them before they even talked about them, 
or if they released all this information about them, my first thought was, well, they're doing squadron, so therefore it's going to be squadron carriers. So, you know, we made our own squadron and did all that so we could have a squadron carrier. And then, of course, me and you, we were going to basically, I think it's just me, you, and, and my, my, my nephew that's actually in this squadron. And, um, I, you know, me and you've already talked about how we're going to put our carrier where we want, you know, we're going to work together on it, but now we're in a situation where it's like, Hey man, I'm going to put my carrier at three quarters of the way across the gal or at halfway across the galaxy. And you put yours at the three quarter mark or, you know, uh, I put mine at 33%. You put yours at 66% kind of deal mm-hmm. to where we're not to where we have like a little base. We can rearm, refuel, do all the things we need to, and then go back out and do the exploration that we like to do. Or if we want to do, we just want to focus on mining for a while. Hey, I'm going to put my carrier here. You put your carrier here and we can work on void mining and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. or uh, void opal mining or uh, pi- uh, pinite mining or whatever we want to do at that particular point. And, uh, you know, uh, one thing I did notice is that you get one fleet carrier per commander. What I'm curious about though, and I would hope that they would let you do it is change your support ship at like a star base or something. I would hope they would let you do that. Yes, uh, far as I've heard, there no info on that. Yeah. How, I, that, how that'll work. I'm, I'm sure it'll be a, uh, I, if I had to guess, just kind of the way this game seems to work. Um, and I'm not, I'm not into developers or anything like that, but it, you know, it would not be surprising for it to, to work much like the module function. Yeah. Um, I had the, I had a very similar thought, like it would effectively be like a like a specific module for your fleet carrier, and then you purchase it, drag it in there, kind of thing, and then I, I don't yeah, know. I'd be surprised if it wasn't like that. I, I, I hope, I really hope that because one thing I've been kind of wanting that they would put in is loadouts, like uh, you can build a loadout, like all of your equipment into a loadout. And then when you dock your ship, instead of having to go through there and pick out individual modules, you could pick out a loadout and then click that loadout, load it up, and then you're off again. You know? Um, yeah, that, yeah. Well, if they do something like that, it'll obviously be called something. Yeah. They've uh, kind of trademarked loadout for what these fleet carrier modules are going to be called. Well, and, um, and then another thing. Uh, go ahead. Well, I, I was just thinking. I wonder if that's why they they coined that phrase "loadout" because that's what they're that's what they're getting around to, you know. Well, the the only thing I see, and this is just this has just been my experience playing it's it's, and this is one thing that I really like the game is that you know there's so many different ways to do something, and it can still be useful and quote unquote the right way and. I would be worried if they did a if they if it was a situation where okay well here's the loadout for you know whatever so then that that becomes the the right way to do it and I I don't like that I like it being the way it is to where it's like well I want a D-rated scanner and I I want a D-rated you know engine but I want an A-rated this <clears throat> excuse me well nobody would that's that's completely individualized, and I really really like that about it. And so, I, I, while I see what you're saying, like I like, I like the fact that it's very individualized how you want to do stuff. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I, 
you know, for that matter, I could also see a situation where it's like one of us have a um, one of us have a, a mining fleet carrier, one of us one of us have an exploration fleet carrier, and and that's just um, because I mean, even if we have a mining fleet carrier, it doesn't mean we can't take it out, you know, in an exploration area kind of thing, you know? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. And the cool thing about it is, it's meant not to not to concentrate too much on the peas and not the stake. Stake of the matter is, is you can you're going to have what is it, 16 ships, mm-hmm. and and all of the all of the mobility and and options that that affords you. You know, you you'll have your your uh, anaconda. You'll have your you know your uh, corvette, crate phantom, your corvette. You're going to have all the the little bells and whistles, the little idiosyncrasies of that one ship that you really like for that one thing. You'll have that. You can have it right there. Yep. And that's going to be super cool. Right. One thing I wanted to wanted to uh, address, you, you kind of touched on this a while ago. I'm going to be really curious to find out what this uh, this resource is going to be mm-hmm. and how it's going to be obtained. And, you know, that's going to be really cool if, if it's going to be something. I don't know. What do you think about that? So, number one, I like the fact that it's a it's, it's going to be a new material so that people can't just go and save up a crap ton of it right now. Number two is going to be something uh, – we don't know if it's going to be something that you're going to have to go mine or you're going to have to, like, uh, land on a planet to dig up. I doubt it would be that because uh, that's kind of limited to uh, people who bought the, the Horizons expansion. Um, I think it's going to be something that you could theoretically go to a particular star base and actually buy off the commodity screen. Uh, I think, or maybe a material trader of some kind. I think it'd be really awesome if you could like trade in guardian uh, materials for that. Like people like me who have ridiculous amounts of guardian material that you're not going to use because you farmed up all the all the stuff you want. But in, while you were doing this, you collected all this extra material and you can't do nothing with it. You know, I have like a, I think I have like 500 or 250 guardian power generators or whatever the hell they're called and and I, i've already used all the ones that i that i need so i have no use for the extra ones i can't do anything with them so they're just taking up inventory it'd be cool if there was like a way you could trade them for this material but i don't know if they're going to do that i kind of hope they don't i kind of hope it's something that's brand new something that does worry me though is so so if you if you keep reading through there they talk about their september update and in their September update is going to be um, where they they put in this ARCS, A-R-X, if I'm saying that right, ARCS, I think, uh, uh, currency. And supposedly you're going to earn ARCS currency in-game or you can use real money and purchase it. And this is what they're going to use to purchase uh, paints and, uh, you know, ship paints and... Uh, yeah. Uh, all the little skins and the uh, wings and all, all the little uh, cosmetic items in the game, instead of purchasing them with real money, you'll purchase them with this ARCS material, with this currency. Now, they say they're doing this because in, I think it's Xbox, the Xbox version, you can't just use the real money on it. You have to buy Microsoft whatever money, and then that converts to front dev uh, frontier dev money, which then converts to their money, and basically because there's two different kinds of 
currency floating around they want to shore it all up to where everybody's using the same stuff and from a developer point of view that makes sense that way they have one set of programming and conversion tables to work off of versus having well this is real money and this is this amount and this is that amount I, I get they're just trying to shore it up but what worries me is them saying well you have to have 500 arcs points to be able to do the trans be able to do a, a, a jump and I don't really want to pay real money to move my fleet carrier around. I don't, I don't think they're going to do that. This company has a history of not nickel and diming you like other companies do. But well, except they're, for store. Well, it's, it's all cosmetic stuff, though. So right, they're, they're, not, they're not putting anything, anything in there that affects gameplay. So that's I'm, I'm completely okay with – you want to make money off cosmetics? Go for it. I'm, I'm all for you. I, I've spent some money in there, so – I uh, also am well to to an extent. I'm I'm good with it being something, uh, you know, expensive. You know, something that's hard to come by. That it's it's hard to work up the amount it's going to take for a jump. Um, and the reason is is because I don't think jumping this thing around is going to be as prevalent as as needing something to do it all the time so that makes it so it's like um once we get it somewhere we're gonna be there you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. like like you were saying you know we'll park one halfway between here and the center of the galaxy or whatever so man that'd be really cool you wouldn't have to move it for a couple of weeks probably you know and then maybe while you're out doing whatever it is you're doing around it you know you know when we play it's like we'll go a couple of weeks on a on a trip Mm-hmm. By the end of a couple of weeks, we're tired of it. We're ready to come home. Yep. And so that'd be a good timing-wise of when, you know, something something where people start kind of getting tired of whatever it is they're doing. They're ready for something different, but not something that you could do in a couple of hours. Yeah. You, you know what? Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I would be okay with that. Yeah, I I, I kind of want like a good middle ground there because like it's a little weird because like on the one hand. This thing, you know, these things can only do 500 light years at a time, which is not, mm-hmm. I mean, that's not real far in this game. Well, or in the scope of the galaxy, it's not real far either. That's that barely just, that's just, I mean, they, they get you out of the bubble, you know? That's uh, true. What is that uh, about four neutron drum, new, excuse me, neutron jumps? Uh, man, it's, it's like, it's like two and a half really, because I was doing like two twenty, two thirty a, a neutron star. Oh jump, yeah. Yeah. So. That's right. That's right. So that's, that's like, that's not a whole lot, but if you think about it, like, like if we, if we could get up enough, um, enough of this currency, we could park ourselves inside of our ships, fleet carry ourselves out to like Colonia or something in, in however, and you know that's something else too that I haven't thought about. Like, how often are we going to be able to jump? Is this going to be only on the server tick, like once a week, or is this something that we can do, like do a jump and then there's like a, like, like can we do a jump and then we have the fuel? Can we do another jump, or is it a situation where we have to wait, you know, 24 hours or something? Or I don't know. Um, that's a good question. I hope it's not on a server tick because the server tick, I believe, is every is every seven or eight days. Yeah, um, that's that's a that's a long time. And well, you, you know, they were doing the uh, uh, I, I, and I never did it. So I could have this wrong. But they were doing like a I think it was a weekly uh, 
a transport ship or something like that that would go out and it was on a server reset. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, so, it, could, so it could be something like that. I would assume that they did that to test out the, you know, the, the mechanics of how this is going to work. So that wouldn't be surprising if it was like that. Yeah. Well, you know, it, so there, there's a couple of player groups that have their own fleet carrier for like a or mega ship. That's what they're called, mega ship. One is the uh, is the Gnosis that uh, the Canyon Research Group has, and that has actually been involved in like some lore stuff involved in the game where they move it around on the on the server tick. On, I think it resets on resets on Thursdays is when it moves. Uh, Thursdays here in the states when it moves, and then. There's another player group that has a mega ship, and I can't think of their name right now, but they just got it, and they're the ones that are moving it. It, 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 float, it flip-flops in between uh, somewhere at the edge of the bubble all the way out to Sinufe, whatever, whatever, Guardian space. is That way you can get out there and do you know farm up some Guardian stuff if you need it to, and then on the server ticket, get you back here, you know? Um, and those, that was the, they did the Gnosis about a year ago and that's been working fairly well, but this new one they did just a few weeks ago, I think a few months ago, I think. And that was the one that they said that they were doing for, uh, tech work for the fleet carriers. So it, if you go on those two instances, yeah, the bet would be, is going to be on the server tick. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's a little disappointing. Uh, when I think about where, like where I want this thing to go, I want this thing to go like on the other side of the core, like on the other side of uh, Sagittarius A, and then me and you just leave it parked there for two or three months, and then you know how me and you will play for two or three weeks pretty steady, and then we kind of lax off because we get tired of it. Can you imagine putting this somewhere and then like exploring every star in a bubble for a, you know a few hundred light years, all the systems around it? coming back to it and like, you know what, let's move this thing 500 light years over here and let's explore around this thing in a bubble, you know? Yeah. And, and we just keep doing that. I mean, that would be really cool. That would be, that would be fun. That wouldn't be, then you wouldn't, you would not feel like you have to, you have to get somewhere. You could take the time and actually look at every single thing inside of a system, you know? Because I, I, I do. Yeah. When I'm exploring, I get, I get down the rabbit hole of, <laughs> I'm trying to get to this to to this nebula, this point, whatever this point is, whatever whatever arbitrary low, you know destination we have set. I get stuck in that little in that hole, so to speak. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, using a fleet carrier as like a base that that's I mean, that's that's what it is. That's 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 what that's what this is. It's a base. And yeah. well, overall, I'm really excited about it. I think, I think, like I said, it's, it's my opinion of it is that uh, it's pretty much what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, it's minuses, but overall, it's really super. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to mix stuff up, and uh, should be a good time. I agreed, like it. agreed. Um, we're switch gears for a little bit here for you. You, uh, you know what Tuesday is, right? I do know what Tuesday is. <laughs> I'm excited. Tell me about it. You do it. <laughs> well, let me <laughs> not to not to. Uh, here, here's a segue. So I haven't been playing Elite Dangerous for very long. Um, I think you've been playing uh, several years. I've only been playing about a year or so. So I'm definitely not. 
I'm not an expert on it, and I don't know that much about it. I just kind of have fun with it. Uh, but on Tuesday, WoW Classic releases. Yes, sir. And, uh, I don't want to. I am somewhat of an expert on that. <laughs> not to not to sound arrogant, but I did I did play it uh, back in the day, and I you know I did I played it. I played the whole thing, just about every way you could play it. I had a good time with it, and uh, I'm so excited. Yeah, for this to be releasing on Tuesday, man, I'm so stoked. You know, I I gotta tell you, um, I have really conflicting emotions about it. Uh, I, I mean, mean you, you know, we've texted a little bit, we've talked offline a little bit, but uh, you know, I on the one hand, I am super excited for the game I've been playing for 15 years and is truly dear to my heart. To be difficult again. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and I know the whole, you can do mythics and do the raid on mythics and make it difficult again. I'm just talking about running around with my friends in the open world. Because, like, just recently, me and you were up in the hinterlands doing some stupid low-level quest. And we were talking about how this area used to be elite. You know, the, oh, yeah. the, the yeah, Jintha Allure. Yeah, the Jintha Allure, whatever it was called area. I can remember running there with, you know, Nelmara, and I believe you were there. And I want to say that was back when uh, Bob, uh, oh yeah, was running with us over there. And yeah, I, yeah, I remember that. And I think that was him anyway. It's been it's it's been 15 years, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm I'm super excited about that, but I'm a little salty too. <laughs> Because, you know, uh, it kind of came out at BlizzCon last year that they had to move a lot of people from their um, from their from their wild team over to this classic team, and I think that that hurt the development of BFA. I think that we would have ended up with a better expansion than what we have right now. Because both of us agreed the the state the game's in right now is not good. It's it's bad. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't enjoy it, but you know I don't I don't play the game the same way anymore. So like I don't. So let's you know BFA or or whatever. Uh, probably at least the last three or four two you know two or three three or four expansions. You know I certainly don't play it the way that I'm the way that I was describing vanilla or classic or whatever back in the day. So I don't I don't play it the same way. Um, you know, I'm, I don't know. I just, I don't play the game the same way. And so there's certainly things about BFA that I could see, um, people liking may, I guess, if you want to run the same damn eight instances over and over, only harder. And I mean, if you like that, Hey man, you know, knock yourself out to me. That's terrible. Um, I don't know. (laughs) one thing, so when we were talking about Elite Dangerous a while ago, I was telling you things that, <clears throat> excuse me, that I really like about, um, that I really like about the way the ships are designed is that you don't, there's not a, man, there's not a perfect way to do it. So there's not a, there's not a one, this, if you load this, 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 this engine, these scanners, this, these thrusters, this, these 
particular things in this particular ship, you have the best ship or you have the the best optimized ship or this is the only way to do this. That doesn't exist in that game. And I liked that. I yep. liked that a lot in Elite Dangerous. And that I liked that in vanilla. Now, I know more now than I did then in, in Warcraft. I know more about the game and I know that on some level that exists in classic or vanilla, what, whatever we're calling it. We'll just stick with classic. Agreed. Um, it, it does exist on some level. However, it's so varied based on what you're doing. So leveling is different than instances and instances is different than rating. And, you know, it's, it's, you can vary it up and there's not this, you know, they call it cookie cutter or whatever. There's not a specific way you have to do it. Um, and I'm that that's one thing that I really like about, you know, <clears throat> on the live on BFA right now. Um, are you there? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, the live game on BFA, there's, there's one, if you're going to play, let's say a Beastmaster hunt, that's it. Yep. There's no other way to do it. There's only one way to do it. Yep. Um, realistically, now there's, you know, you get this trinket or you get, if you're stats with this, then you might want to get this and you could squeeze out another, you know, point four something, something, whatever. Anyway, but no, there's really just one way to do it. Um, and to me, that makes it a little bit boring and they've, they've overcomplicated really simple things and there's no variance. There's a lot less variance for, um, doing something that you're really good at and just having a good time with it. Whatever. You know what I'm saying, man? Yep. I, I like that. Yep. No, I, I, I was thinking about this, uh, the other day where, um, it, it's actually pretty simple. I'm just going to boil it down to one thing is talent points. You know, right now I'd be willing to bet if you go inspect any, you know, take any tank and, and you know, Take any warrior right now, and you go look at their talent spec, and they'll have the same, what is it, nine, eight choices, nine choices, I, however many it is. They'll have the same choices. You know, you know they'll, they're, they're all going to have uh, the, the last stand buff. They're all going to have the, the anger management one. They're all going to have the same stuff. Because that's, that's and if you don't do that, and someone is in someone inspects you inside of a dungeon. It's like, well, what'd you do that for? Why didn't you take this? This is the perfect build. This is how you're supposed to do it. And they they've watered this game down to the point to where it's not fun. And I can remember in 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 uh, in classic and in B in uh, BC and and even all the way to Wrath, it was fun to sit there and just kind of. Well, if I move this point from here, I can get this. And as you got, as you kind of got your gear a little bit better, you'll you'll take away a little bit of defensive stats and take a little bit more uh, offensive stats. And oh, 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 look at this! I can get a, I can get you know two percent more to crit right here if I just give up two two points of defense or whatever. And it was so much more fun because you know you could you could massage the stats a lot more. It became a lot more fun, involving game. Mm -hmm. And the ability another thing go ahead. go ahead i'm sorry no no go ahead what what i was going to say one thing is that you know you know we were talking about we were we were playing this 15 years ago 
though. No, nobody's the same as they were 15 years. Ago. We're all right. different. We right. all have different things going on now. We're not. I would. Nobody's going to play the game like we played 15 years ago. I'm. I'm certainly not going to put 40 hours a week <laughs> into this game. Scrub. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Whatever. Um. I'm. I'm just not going to do it. That is what I did before, and that's how you got. You know, eight of eight dragon stalker. You know, as a hunter, of course. But um, that's how you got your eight of eight blackwing layer, and right. that's how you were ready to roll into AQ40 when it released. And uh, you know, that's the only way to do it. That was the only way to do it. Um, and I, that's not. I'm not looking. I'm looking for a happy medium of, of nostalgia and just very, you know, man, exploration top leveling and you know just. Not everything, you know, Quest Hub goes to Quest Hub, goes to Quest Hub, and it doesn't matter where you go or what order you do it in because it's all the same damn thing. Um, and in a way, I guess it sort of is still back then, but man, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. And I know nostalgia plays a part in that, uh, but I do like the relaxed atmosphere of it, and it's going to be fun for me. Well, and, and, you know, we made our characters on that uh, on that RP server, the RP PvP server. Mm-hmm. And I was a little hesitant about that, but on the other hand, like like I you played on a PvP server. I didn't. I played on the um, on the on the normal servers, all the the PVE servers. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to being level 40 and having. This just sounds stupid, but I'm looking forward to running along and seeing an orc in the distance and be like, huh? I don't I don't know. I don't, is, are we going to be friends? And, you know, I slash wave him and he doesn't wave back and mm-hmm. it's going to be a bad, you know, bad 30 minutes while I have to make this run back to my corpse and all this stuff. And, yeah, and then he camps me a few times, then, you know, he goes away or if he camps me for a few hours, I got to play on an altar or something. I, I don't, I'm, I'm okay with that. I really am because mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to a different experience. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I one of the things that the the BlizzCon um, oh, what was like the the, the classic panel uh, one of the things they brought up was that was that this could this this could turn into their sandbox they could be like well what if we decided to release uh, Lich King before BC and they made a server to where Northrend and all that stuff's open but BC's not. That's kind of an interesting thing. What if what if they had done? What if they kind of turned this into their sandbox where they could do different things with the characters or with the uh, with the lore and whatnot? What if they what if they did something different in the in just the ordering of expansions? And they mm-hmm. they you know I, I think they're going to leave these servers alone. And if they decide to upgrade them, whatever, I think I think they're going to have you know a few classic servers stay alone, and they'll they'll have you know your your true. BC burning crusade servers and then they'll have like their sandbox servers for lack of a better term you know if if they One go that, that way I, yeah yeah and that's all cool um you know i think a lot of i haven't heard anybody say this and I think that it's a big point that a lot of people are missing about this so on one side of it you've got people who you know, we're going to play the game the way they – or try to play the game the way they played it back then. But then there's some people, and they this is where I think it's kind of like a straw man thing. They're saying, well, you just want it for the nostalgia, and nostalgia will wear off in two or three weeks, you know, whatever, blah, 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 which 
I don't think it's that easy because I think of it like this. It's like, how many times have you replayed Skyrim? Let's see. I have three. I have three main saves, and all of them have. One of them has done literally everything. Yeah. And so yeah, several times. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> right. So the first time you played it, it was a certain experience. Right. You know, and the second time you played it, it was another experience. And the third time, it was another experience. Um, and you know, for me, every time when I replayed it, I never played it full tilt you know what i'm saying it wasn't it, it, it was not nostalgia wasn't the right word for it when i was replaying it. it was just i wanted to play it again yeah i just wanted to play it again and to me this wow classic i just want to play it again yeah i don't want to be pigeonholed into you know running molten core for 30 hours a week uh, or something like that i just want to play the damn game again and i haven't been able to do that and that's what i'm excited about yeah. um that's something I'm excited about it too, because like the, the it's kind of this whole game is transitioned into this. You got to get your character or characters to max level as fast as possible. Then you got to chase this item level. Then you got to chase this rep. And I'm I'm just looking forward to the leveling process. I'm looking forward to being level 23 and like, hey, let's go run dead mines. Let's go do it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about it, man. I'm, I think it's going to be cool for me. Uh, I've played on a couple of private servers uh, before over the years. Enjoyed those. I didn't have a problem with that, and yeah. I liked that. And uh, but I'm certainly glad that it's going to be an official thing, and you play it with your subscription. And it's going to be neat, man. I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm going to play the hell out of it. For that matter, too, because it, it is in your su- subscription. You could also. You know, be playing in that, and if you just like I was saying, if you start getting ganked by some guy over and over again, you're like, well, I guess I'm gonna go play on on normal for a while, you know, mm-hmm. or or I'll just back out and play Elite Dangerous for a while because I'm probably gonna have to farm up some money anyway <laughs> for that carrier. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited to see how that feeling is gonna be because <clears throat> not to not to drag this on too long, but it the first time way back in the day when you were playing and you were you know level 35 or 40 or something like that, and you're somewhere and you get just steamrolled by, by, uh, what, what were they, skulls uh, or something like that? You couldn't tell the level of the people. Yeah, the um, skulls, yeah. Skulls, yeah. You get steamrolled. And back then, there wasn't a, I didn't know, I didn't know to log off for a while. I just, you know what I mean? It's like, well, I got steamrolled by this guy. Like maybe, let's say I'll res up over here behind this rock and I'll just run or I'll, <laughs> you know, I'll, maybe I can make it to the town. And so 45 minutes later, you're still jacking with this guy who's messing with you or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, you didn't know just to go to hell with it. I'm, I'll just go, you know, log off, you know, or whatever, or get on another. No, 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 no. There was none of that. It was just, that was part of it. That was the event for me. Like it was. That was just, you know, getting getting ganked and trying to make your way out of that somehow was just like trying to, for me as a hunter, caught an elite mob I shouldn't be killing, you know, for for 20 minutes <laughs> before he before he evade bugs on you and runs back and you have to start all over. So that was the good days. I remember uh, that one giant by uh, Booty Bay. 
And you, you had to kill him <laughs> for the quest, and you would mm-hmm. just, uh, as a hunter, drag him all the way into Booty Bay, and all the guards would kill him. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, good <laughs> stuff like that, man. Yeah, I miss being a, some some butthole would drag a boss into the middle of Stormwind. <laughs> It'd yeah, be like uh-huh. wiping everybody out. That was, that was good times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if the like like I was saying, I don't know if I'm sure that feeling will not be the same just because of what I know now and and you know that that probably won't be the exciting feature for me anymore but back then it certainly was and i'm 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 anxious to see how i how i feel about you know certain things happening and you know I, i'm 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 really i'm i'm just looking forward to it it's going to be fun you know um something else i was thinking about too and this is kind of for both you guys is like i didn't have an alt until I want to say it was Lich King is when I leveled my first alt, and that was that rogue. No, no, no. I had a hunt. I had that hunter because that was when Fuzz left, and he gave me his account for that for that time period while he had to go to jail. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I had that hunter. It was in BC. Cause you remember that night that me, you, and Lance Cody that we the the three of us we took over a holla for out like until like four o'clock in the morning. I do remember that. I think I was drunk by the time we got done with that. Yes, you were drunk, sir. <laughs> yeah, I do remember, vaguely remember that. Yeah, yeah, that was a good night. And then, uh, yeah, I, so, but I, I didn't level that hunter either. You know, that was that hunter was given to me and said, hey, man, I'm, I got to go to jail. You want my account for a while? Yeah, I want your account. Yeah, I'll take that hunter. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, he, he, he took him back and I leveled my own hunter. But I didn't, I didn't have an alt. And like, and all I leveled until uh, Lich King. So for me, I'm interested in like as weird as it sounds. Like I, I want, I want to level my warrior, but I'm really thinking about doing the priest first. <laughs> and and I, originally, originally, so I was a main guy. So like, I was a guy that just had a main. I yep. never switched mains. Yep. Um, as you know, I, I, I've played the same main quote-unquote main character except for one expansion and that was legion and i played a demon hunter yeah um but i've i've always had a main now i love to level i just like it it's a good time waster it's a good it's fun to me i like it um and i'm looking forward to that now in in vanilla an original game um i i think i had three level 60s by the time bc came about Oh, wow. So I'm a, I like leveling. Yeah, I had a hunter, a priest, and a rogue. Um, and so now they not in game or anything like that. Um, only the hunter was was raiding. Um, but yeah, I I like the leveling process. I always did. It wasn't a problem back then for me. Um, so I would be surprised if it's any kind of problem now. I, I'm just interested to, to do it, just to do it. You. Just like when I did Skyrim the second and third time, I, I was the you know, first time I played it. I played it as like the you know the two-handed sword guy. The second time I played it as like the as like a rogue bow and arrow guy because you told me that that's how you were playing, and you were showing me how you could like slow down time and stuff. And I was like, oh, I gotta do that. So I made that character. And my third guy is when I loaded up all the mods and actually had a mod where you had a different starting scenario. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. I played as a caster. Like I didn't do any weapons except from like a staff, I think a staff or a wand or something. And all I did was just cast spells. That's what I focused mm-hmm. on. And 
it, I like it's all the same story, all the same stuff, but it was fun because it was different. You're playing a different play style, and you know I'm, I'm there's a little part of me that wants to do a different play style this time around, and you know. I played a tank in vanilla, and I, I I was a main for quite a while. I was just a main uh, warrior for so long, and it took me it took me a while before I actually got invested into doing some different alts. It was really uh, Pandaria is where I started doing all the alts with like the year was it almost almost eighteen months of just siege of Orgrimmar, thirteen months, eighteen however long it was, like four years might as well have been. Um, that's where I leveled all my alts. I had a few characters that were kind of middling around in there, but that's why if you go and look at my account, I have like four or five characters that are like level 90 or level 100 right around in there. And it's like, well, they're going to be there. That's where they're going to be. But like for this time around, I'm interested. I've recently, I I play that shaman and I, I enjoy healing on that shaman. And I've got that druid and I enjoy healing on that. I'm kind of really thinking about doing the priest as this time around. Uh, I think that might be interesting. I'm, I, I, I just want to do something a little bit different, and I want to dive into the nostalgia and just kind of be, you know, just immerse myself in it, so to speak. You know, hundred percent, I agree. And I, I feel like Blizzard has done, you know, I get to play in their little beta or stress test or whatever it was. I feel like that Blizzard has done a really good job with this um, remake of it. Um, there's, you know, there's, there's some things I don't like. I don't like the layering thing they're doing. Um, they're not really doing a sharding thing. They're doing a layering thing. Mm-hmm. And what that means is that they're kind of stacking. Uh, basically, basically, that way they don't have 500 people in the starting zone. They're going to limit it to like 25 people or whatever it is, you know. And then, effectively, you're all in the same zone, but it layers in a different, for lack of a better term, instance of the zone over it. That way, your computer just won't completely bite the dust, and the performance of the server just won't completely take a poop either. And I I think that's a pretty good middle ground. They've already talked about, basically, once the servers are, once the population is kind of evened off, that uh, they'll, they'll turn it off or just limit the frequency of it and i think that's a good middle ground for for the tech right now because the last thing i want to do is be able to you know come tuesday hit launch and be sitting around going well this would be really cool if i could play with a ten thousand person queue or whatever it was right um jug i see on the on the little blizzard saying hey these servers are ridiculous we need to give you all some you know, ability to move some crap around or, uh, or they're not crap around. They're, they're, they've already opened up server transfers for people on, I think Harad or whatever it was, uh, white main and Harad were the two servers I saw. I think that they're going to let people, they're already letting people move off that server because they're, they were talking about like a 10,000 person queue and like a four to five hour queue time wait. Just like the old days. Yeah. Just like the old days. I'm going to switch gears again here, too. I don't have a good segue for this, but uh, today uh, there was a patent that was uh, pulled out about the PlayStation 5, and um, I, I linked um, I linked a, a link in the chat for this, and this could be the ugliest console ever made. So that's funny. I like it because it's weird looking. Man... 
But but I look at it and straight away it occurs to me that that design is is you know you're gonna have nothing but loves or hates on it. You know it's gonna be very polarizing. Okay, but you gotta think about where is this thing gonna sit? Is it gonna sit in your living room, in your entertainment center, with your with your really nice you know 55 inch 60 inch TV and your little uh, a sound really nice sound bar and all the stuff's going to be black and look really nice together and then you got this really weird v-shaped led glowing thing that's down there yeah i mean it's it's going to come down to taste um and yeah i don't know maybe they'll have a way you can make it not be so bright with some of the leds um I don't know. Like I said, it's going to be super polarizing. I, I like it because it's weird, but I tend to like stuff that does something really different. But I see your point. It may not match well with your other stuff. Man, you remember back Unless when... all your other stuff looks like Tron as well. You remember back with like the Xbox One... Or not the Xbox One, but the very first Xbox and the 360. You remember how the first editions of those things looked? And they looked like mm-hmm. toys. Yeah. They were trying to make them look like toys. And then at some point they realized, hey, our, our gamers are grown up. Like, they like good-looking stuff. They like black boxes that look good with their stereo systems in their living room. Yep, yep, you get a point. And it's like Sony missed the memo on that. Did, did Although you... I don't think this necessarily looks like a toy, but it does look very different. It's... It's easily the worst designed box to come out of PlayStation or come out of Sony's probably since the three. And this is all the little revisions in between I'm thinking about too, so Yeah. Did you look at this thing, Cody? Uh yeah, I do see that. Um I'm not a I'm not a console gamer. Um <laughs> I think it's I think it's dog shit ugly personally. <laughs> okay, it's not just uh, me then. <laughs> I'm, I'm the odd dog out apparently. Well, one thing about Chad, let me let me say this, Chad. Um, in your defense, so you are an audio guy, and to me that looks like some sort of an audio interface. Yeah, yeah you know I what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like it, it looks kind of like like something like that. Now I will say this. Maybe you haven't thought about this. It's like I can see that sitting with your computer desk. Yeah. As opposed to like in the living room. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people I know, I know there's a lot of people that have setups like that to where it's like, hey, I'll switch to this input and we'll play, play this console. And you know, I don't do that. I don't. I'm not a console guy, but um, I can I could see it like that. But but for but for how you're describing it, you know. That's where my PlayStation 3 was, was in my TV cabinet or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's, that, I don't like that. <laughs> but but I can see the kind of people that would like that. Like, I, it makes sense to me. I, I, I think I could get behind it a little bit better if it didn't have, like, the buttons on the front for play, pause. And I guess that's yeah. eject. I, I don't quite understand that. Um, oh, man. You know, the, the one the one thing that I will say about this that um, I read that uh, was on a Reddit post that someone said that uh, maybe this is what they're going for. So about a year ago, shortly, uh, you know, a year or two ago, Sony had a patent for 
a Switch looking device, like an like a Nintendo Switch looking portable thing. So for a while, it was kind of theorized that this would this would be a component to the PlayStation 5, and it would dock. Well, maybe that's what the the little gap in the top is for, to where that that that's where you can add the dock for this, and that would make kind of sense. That way, it's all one box and together. That would kind of make some sense. But otherwise, that is dog shit ugly, and I don't want it. Don't want it's it at all. Definitely pretty strange. I'm trying to figure out so. It's gonna take, it's gonna take discs then, right? Which I think is crazy to me, because I haven't had a, I haven't had an optical drive in a computer in eight years. Yeah. Yes, I'm here. Now, well, let me let me say this real quick about that. So I I hear why Sony's doing that. So in America, we don't buy a whole lot of physical media. Uh, if you don't believe me, go go walking through our GameStop in any given day, but. Um, overseas they still buy a lot of physical media so i see why they're including an optical drive in there uh, yeah that would make sense uh, now xbox microsoft's new xbox is reportedly not going to have an optical drive that they will have an external drive that you can buy separate but reportedly the whatever it's called this scarlet will will not include an optical drive but i just that was just something that jumped out at me i think kind of weird but you know, you know, but wouldn't it have to if it's going to be backwards compatible with all your games? That I didn't know. Yeah, so there's something else, too, is that this thing is... The rumor is that this is going to be backwards compatible all the way back to the PS1. That you can yeah. stick a well, PS1 I mean, game talking, in it and play it. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what I was saying about the Scarlet. It seems like it would have to, because they're boasting that theirs will play all the way back to the first F Xbox. Well, that's why they're offering... And this is not in, this is not in stone. Keep that in mind. This is just right. rumor mill stuff. So, yeah. also one one thing about that, if if that is the case, and it's you know you play all your old games, it's definitely worth putting it in there because how much room will drive take up in a in a unit like that? Probably very little. So yeah, yeah, might as well have it. And that you, makes sense. And the other thing is that a lot of people use like for me, the, my primary use for my PlayStation Three and Four was as a Blu-ray player. So, um, mm -hmm. if, if I get a five, which I'm not sure I'm going to, but if I get a five, it will be, it, it will still be my primary place. I play Blu-rays. So, um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, I think that's about all we got guys. Cool deal. Well, I appreciate y'all letting me jump in on this. Hey, I, I appreciate you guys coming on and, um, Appreciate you guys eating up my time with this. I had a good time. And uh, yeah, yeah. maybe we'll get yeah, together and do another one next week. Sounds good. Sounds good to me.